Hey, I'm Micah. And I'm Jen. From 1994 to 1996, Jen lived in the middle of nowhere, Montana. But not by choice. She was sent to a therapeutic boarding school. I had some issues. While there, she performed hard labor. There was also a lot of forced exercise. Went through daily, hours-long group therapy. That shit didn't work. And when she left, she was left with some holes in her life. Holes? One of the holes was her pop culture hole. Yeah, I missed a lot of shit. And that's a hole we can fill. So watch that first step. It's a doozy. It's time for... I never saw that. We're back. Oh my god. And we have a special, special episode. Oh my god. The Shadow. Punks a Tawny Phil. That's right, Woodchuck Chuckers. It's Groundhog Day! Get up and It is Groundhog Day. It's February 2nd, 2020. It is. It is, which is also Palindrome Day. A magical palindrome. So what we're going to do is uh, kind of break our regular thing. Because we've both seen this movie, but we're going to watch Groundhog Day. Well, yeah. And also, we haven't been podcasting. Right. So we're just sort of... I mean, we've always been breaking our regular thing in the last couple of months. Like, since we've been on this trip... Hi, I'm Jen. (laughs) And I'm Micah, in case you've forgotten who we are. Well, no. Or if this is like your first episode of ours. And if it is... That's going to be weird. Then, well, it's not going to be weird. It's just going to be not our normal premise so if you're interested in our normal premise you should go back and listen to episode 01 montana because that tells you uh the why and the stuff about this show but but this episode (laughs) is about groundhog day which isn't in our timeline and we don't give a shit because it's our podcast and we can do what we want yes we can um so we're gonna watch groundhog day and over and over record a little bit and then watch it again and record a little bit more. Hell yeah. And then watch it again and record a little bit more. Do you ever have deja vu, Mrs. Lancaster? I don't think so, but I could check with the kitchen. Yeah, so hopefully ideally we're going to we're going to kind of spiral into madness <laughs> in the in a way in a similar way that Phil uh, played by Bill Murray does in this movie. Yes. However, I love this movie, so I think I would spiral into madness a lot more quickly if it was a movie I hated, but I kind of feel like I'm just going to love it more every time. Yeah, it's so good. We watched it this morning. Um, yes, we've watched it once. For the first time today. Yeah. And I noticed things that I've never noticed before. I saw Michael Shannon is in it. A very yeah, young Michael Shannon. Still. He plays Fred, um, one of the newlyweds or the guy getting married that day. Uh, Who does he play in other things? Uh, good question. He plays a lot of stuff in things and shows and movies. Ah, yes. Very well-known actor. Yeah, Michael obviously. Shannon, Chicago actor. Um, I will say it's funny because, you know, we're, we live in an RV. Um, we're on a trip around the country and we are in an RV park in Savannah, Georgia. It's a beautiful day. But we've um, decided. We've decided <laughs> to take this day. Uh, well, because it's Groundhog Day and we have no we have no choice yeah. um, to watch it over and over. And our children are playing outside or um, doing their own thing or watching it with us. So, you know, some people would say, go outside. And we say no. We say, watch how Groundhog about Day. have you tried going inside? Yes. And watching Groundhog Day over I and mean, over. I mean, some days you got to do laundry. And the dishes. Well, yeah, and stuff. we are doing that too. It's so one of the. It's we're a stuck Sunday. here anyway. It's Super Bowl Sunday. Fuck yeah, the NFL. Fuck, fuck that. We're not watching that. Fuck the NFL. So, um, 
let's just let's get on with it. Let's watch it a second time. I mean, is there anything you want to say about our first watch? I don't know, like uh, specifically. There's so much to say. I think we'll get into it later, but let's just watch it again. I just love it so much. All right. <laughs> watch out for that first step. It's a doozy. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> All right, we'll be back. Then put your little hand in mine. There ain't no hill or mountain we can't climb. Okay, campers, rise and shine. And don't forget your booties because it's cold out there. It's cold out there every day. What is this, Miami Beach? Ha, ha, ha. I don't know what they say next. <laughs> that's funny because we just were in Miami Beach. Like... A few weeks ago. Is that funny? That's hilarious. I had never been to Miami Beach before, so. No. I think it's funny. Okay. Hey. Hey. We're back. We watched uh, Groundhog Day a second time. Two times today. Um, I feel like I've watched it more than that, though, because I've been getting all these clips. mm -hmm. So I've watched several scenes multiple times. Many times. Just like Bill Murray did. Or Phil did in the film. I counted this time, I kept a tally of how many times we see the clock turn over to six o'clock or we hear the song, mm-hmm. I Got You Babe, uh, and it is 12 times. 12 times, really? It is on the 12th time that he wakes up and she's still there and the ah, curse is broken or whatever it is. Yeah. So 11 times he wakes up. Well, I mean, we see it happen 11 times. Yeah, but it's... Hundreds of thousands of times, possibly tens of thousands of times. Yeah. There is a lot on the web. If you search, there are lots of, like some website did a thing where they tried to estimate how long it was and it was like 34 years or something. Um, Others have said that it was like 10,000. Based on how long it would take for him to learn to do the things he did or what are they basing that on? What they imply in the film. Yeah, Um, there are a few little... Uh, a few little hints. I don't like the part where he's teaching her to throw cards, and yeah. he's like, takes about six months, four to five hours a day. Yeah. So. So yeah, he learns a lot of things. He learns how to throw cards into a hat at the mm-hmm. end of a bed. Um, <laughs> he learns to play piano really, mm-hmm. really well. Expertly. Uh-huh. Um, he learns French. He learns a lot about French poetry. Yes. Memorizes a bunch of French poetry. Yes. He learns to sculpt ice, which I think is one of the uh-huh. more interesting skills uh-huh. that he chose. Uh huh. He sculpts her face yes, out of ice. And some angel thing that's amazing. It's um, ridiculous. He memorizes the names and life stories of every single person in town. Yeah. He mm-hmm. robs an armored truck mm-hmm. um, after watching Felix and Herman drop quarters. And he has that situation memorized, or he has it down to exactly the second that he can grab the bag of yeah. money. So... You know, how many times did it take him doing that before he could? Yeah, he's like gust of wind, 10, mm-hmm. 9, 8, car, car 6. six. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, He also <laughs> memorizes all the bad things that happened that day. Like the kid falling out of the tree catches him, the old man dying. Um, the, he saves someone from choking. Yeah, Buster, he saves his some, brother, Brian Doyle Murray, yeah. is choking, uh, trying to eat a whole cow. He jacks up the car of those old ladies yeah. who got a flat tire. So he does all his little good deeds. Yeah, which, okay, I... So here's the thing. <laughs> well, first of all, I love this movie. Yeah. I, 
I I think it's an almost perfect movie for me, except for the way it ends. Mm-hmm. I hate the end. I hate that it's like, let's live here. Yeah. And then she's like, okay. And they're like suddenly going to be together forever. Because you have to remember. She's only been through this once. One day. One day. Yeah. She spent with him. But he does it perfectly, Jen. Makes but it, it's makes But that's not a thing. That's not a thing. And she even says that's not a thing earlier right. in the movie. This is moving too fast for me. When, you love me. What? Well, she yeah, freaks out. Because he decides to try the I love you thing. Mm-hmm. Because he thinks that every woman... You know, that's what they want to hear. But that wasn't the time he sculpted her face. No, I know. I'm just saying. If you sculpt a woman's face in front of her. Yeah. And then show it to her. She falls in love with you she, instantly. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you remember that time you sculpted my face out of mm-hmm. butter? Yeah. And before that, you like slapped my face nine million uh-huh. times. Yep. That happened. Uh, I think I counted seven times that seven she times. slapped his face. Um, so but no, saying, I was going to yeah. say that. It's hard to remember watching the movie. Like there are times that I get uh, I get lost. I get distracted by like I can't completely buy into the conceit of it <laughs> because you have to remember that he still only he has infinity or whatever, however many thousands of years or months or years he has mm-hmm. been repeating this day. But he still only has 24 hours. <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? So I get I was getting a little bit stuck in that this time where I was like, well, yeah, you have forever, but you don't. Because every day you get up at six and every day you go and you do your broadcast. And then I guess from there you have he has the rest of the day to do whatever he wants to do. He doesn't do the broadcast every day, though. Still. Yeah. It's a 24-hour period. So I guess I guess you could spend you could spend like however many months just doing piano. Mm-hmm. But it's not like he's this is the other thing because I was thinking like okay, so her piano is the only piano he has access to. <laughs> yeah. So he's really just playing like that 1 hour a day. Well, maybe for he, the lesson. maybe he finds a different one cuz there is a keyboard. He plays the keyboard during the concert. The not the concert, but the, the party, the Groundhog Day party. It's a piano. No, not on stage. It's like a little keyboard thing. It is? Yeah. No. Um, there's, there could <laughs> yeah. be other, maybe he breaks into the, the local high school and plays their piano or something. I mean, yeah, you have He's to, I, it's it's one of those like little details that you have to, obviously you're, it's suspension of disbelief. But I like to try to, I, I like to try to figure out whether this is, possible like so the last day that he has it bothers me because he does everything on that day mm-hmm. he d- well he saves everyone mm-hmm. he does everything all his good deeds he Not does on that man, one though. day he can't save the old man he can't save the old man and i i think, I think that one's interesting yeah so there's a homeless man um who he ignores for the first however long yeah. Um, he's, you know, standing on the street, he's asking for money and Phil just walks by him every day and then eventually starts giving him money and then eventually... Well, I don't think he gives him money until he, he sees him just randomly in an alley die late one night. And so he sees him die and then he's like, wait, he can't die. And then he decides to try to save him. And that's when he gives him all his money. Um, he buys him food. He takes him to the hospital. Yeah. Um, and he dies. Oh, yeah, that's right. He doesn't see him die. He sees him collapse and he takes him to the hospital and he dies. And that's mm-hmm. when he decides. Um, 
Yeah. So it's like, so in that case, it's like destiny that this man dies mm-hmm. on this day, right? But the but everything else that happens, he's not saving all those people every time. Right. So what happened on the other days when the boy fell out of the tree and he wasn't there to catch him? Well, interesting you should bring that up. I noticed this time in the background, in the hospital scene, there's a boy with the a boy? broken leg. Really? Yeah. So he doesn't die. No way. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I've never seen that before. Okay, it's yeah. Brilliant. So there's probably there's lots of little things like that maybe that we aren't noticing okay i have another Uh, question um which i'll try to watch out for at this time but i don't think you get a good enough look he didn't look like it to me this time but felix is one of the bank mm -hmm, guards mm -hmm. or the bank (laughs) the armored truck guys that he rips off um later in the film during the dance party um all the people are coming up and thanking phil for saving them and doing all his good deeds while he's dancing With Andy McDowell. Andy McDowell? Yeah. Why does that sound weird? I don't know. know. Anyway, um, he's dancing with her and a woman comes up and says, thank you so much, Dr. Connors, for fixing Felix's back. Yeah. But it doesn't look like the same guy to me. And it's weird to me that there would be two characters named Felix that aren't the same person in this small town. I mean, it's not that weird, but why would they make that choice? I bet it's the same person, but we'll have to watch. Um, But what did he do to fix his back? Like, did he also learn to be a doctor or like like a a chiropractor? chiropractor? Okay, so is that another skill that we assume he has mastered? That's that was a weird thing that they threw in there. That it's very weird. That one's um, very weird. I love this movie so much, and it's it's so fucking funny. I just ah fuck Bill Murray. Bill Murray. Yeah. If you're Before listening. we start watching it a million times and hating it and picking it apart, I just want to make clear, we do love it. Oh my God. I love it so much. And yes, let's talk about some of the things we love about it. Bill Murray. It's, I, I love him. I really, really feel like I want to meet him before I die, before he dies, um, whichever comes first. <laughs> I really do. I want to do a project with Bill Murray. I'm putting that out there in the universe because, uh, fucking God, he's so funny. He is a God, not the God. He doesn't think. (laughs) Yeah. Um, He is great. And I, 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 his face in this movie, I mean, his, he's the master of reactions mm -hmm. anyway, but in this movie, he has so many good little nonverbals. Mm-hmm. Where it's just his face and just his reaction, just his expression. It's so dry and, oh man. That's so good. He's such an asshole in the beginning too. He is a real dick in the beginning. Uh, which, I mean, that's the whole thing, right? That yeah. he becomes a better human, which that's another thing we should talk about more. And he acknowledges that is he's that a jerk. and Eventually he yeah. realizes, yeah. But in the beginning, I guess, I guess my question was like, what... At what point does he actually begin to become a better human? And I think it's when he first saves, he calls him Pop, the old man. Mm. When he first sees him, like he first starts to see that person as human. Like mm-hmm. he tries to help this this person that he normally would not even acknowledge, right? Like yeah. that's when I think it happens. And I, But then I get annoyed because it's like, Okay, but is it about, is it actually about him becoming a better human, or is it all just about falling in the love romance with, part mm. of it, like and getting that right? I don't know. Yeah, it doesn't matter. I mean, but 
that's why I hate that. I wish that this movie could have been made without the romantic part of it yeah. or to, or have that be like a smaller part of it. You know, I'm fine with all of it until the very end at the end is when yeah. it falls apart to me and it just feels too, I mean, the end is fine, but it also, it's he, the let's live here. Yeah. Thing. When he walks out and says, let's live here. That is Why the last would you... thing I'd want to do. Right. Like, although exactly. he knows everybody in town and he has a community there now. <laughs> He's been trapped in hell. Yeah. I mean, what I Wouldn't love. Wouldn't you want to go somewhere else for a little while? I mean, it's Like stupid. that's his first thought. Yeah. My first thought would be, let's go get on a fucking plane right now. Yeah. Right. I got to get out of here. Yeah. It's so goddamn cold and I'm tired of all these people in right? this place. It's fucking cold. I mean, one of the one of the best Oh god. I can't I was I couldn't decide what my favorite part was. I can't decide what my favorite part is. But it's one of the times that he's my favorite is when he's just like in hell. I mean, because that's what this would really be. And I I think that what's perfect is I think the intro is beautiful and it's really funny and I always forget about it like everything that happens before they even go mm-hmm. um but then the first four days are so fucking perfect <laughs> because the first there's the first day and then the second day he wakes up and he responds in exactly the way I can imagine myself responding yeah. right at first is- he's like great job guys you're playing this you're playing yeah. yesterday's tape and then you, he looks out the window and he's like what the hell and you because what's amazing is what we are able to convince ourselves of mm. as people mm-hmm. right and so when it it's just that first day he's thinking this is really i feel really weird what is going on something's wrong with me but it's like a he assumes something's just wrong with yeah. his brain that day or something you know some crazy kind of deja vu is going on the third day is when he it, i you can feel his absolute terror mm-hmm. on the third day like i i feel that terror yeah. when he wakes up like in my body i'm so so anxious thinking about what that would feel like to yeah. wake up on that third day and that's the day when he's really when he's like things are really dark well that's the day i guess that he's like meet me at the diner i'm not doing the yeah he whatever, goes through but, a really dark period too but then wait let me just finish yeah. this and then the fourth day is when he's like it's like party time yeah that's when he's like all but right before, well before he gets there he gets here well what if there is no tomorrow there wasn't one today <laughs> exactly <laughs> that's one of my favorite lines and, he's so frustrated yeah and that's um Anyway, I just loved, I, I really loved the sequence of the first four days. I think it's, yeah. I think it's like a perfect, like really how a, a real, person would fucking respond. Weird, yeah. Yeah. Um, he does go through, it's similar after a while he goes through, like there's no consequences. There's no, he's talking mm-hmm. to those two guys in the bar and he says the great line, like, what would you do if there were no consequences and there was no tomorrow and you, and they say, oh, we could do whatever we wanted. And then. They go out and they get drunk and yeah. drive and have a drive police the, chase. Yeah. And um, it's kind of like Last Man on Earth, that TV show. Mm-hmm. Like that first episode of Last Man on Earth where yeah. he's just doing all these crazy things that you, anything, you could do anything you want. Yeah, it's just you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it kind of feels like that to me um, it, where he he just does whatever he wants and he 
steal he robs a bank and he buys a mercedes and he does all this dresses up in like a weird ass costume and And then it gets dark and he kills himself a million times i didn't just survive a wreck i wasn't just blown up yesterday i have been stabbed shot poisoned frozen hung electrocuted and burned oh really and every morning i wake up without a scratch on me not a dent in the fender i am an immortal (laughs) Okay, so we see him get electrocuted because he does it to himself. And there may be other times like, yeah. and it's, it is so, it's one of the, I was just absolutely dying laughing out loud when he goes, he goes downstairs <laughs> in his PJs, he gets the toaster from Mrs. And it's, Lancaster and it's full of toast. Yeah. <laughs> it up uh, and he plugs it in and puts it in his bath he pushes the toast down mm-hmm. puts it in his bath and electrocutes himself but all those other ones we don't see no happen and i i was thinking i want to see a short film or of i don't know <laughs> of just all, his of just all the all the deaths it would be so i want to know how he got so poisoned. funny and Did so dark himself I, who knows probably who knows i i don't know but uh, I love the I love that, and I love the part where he's just committing suicide over and over. <laughs> you only see a few things, but God, it just makes me laugh so hard. I I guess what I I guess what I love about this movie is the dark parts are the parts I love the most. You know that I think are the funniest. So I guess that's what I connect to. You know the dark, mm-hmm. the darkly comic, which I guess. You could say that this entire podcast is sort of a combination of those things. You know what I mean? Some of the people who love our show have Mm. said that they love that it's like an intersection of trauma and comedy. Yes. Straight up comedy. So, Which is what we do. It's interesting you bring that up. Did you see this movie before you left? For Montana? You know, I don't remember. It's so weird that it came out in 93, that it's so close to our yeah. timeline. Like, we could we could basically count it. But... Um, you don't remember seeing I it after the first time you saw it? I don't remember. I wish I remembered. I remember uh, seeing it in theaters. Really? And at the time, I didn't get it. No. In the same way that I do now. It was funny. I thought it was hilarious. I loved the scene when he's driving and the... Yeah, with the groundhog. The groundhog's it's, it's on great. the wheel. Yeah, it's and, classic. It's but... I didn't think it was that amazing, and I totally didn't get the existential crisis part of it. At I don't all. know if anyone did. Like just seeing it one time, I mean, because you—it's—it's it's a it's lot. Bill to take Murray, in. yeah. And I think maybe that wasn't that uncommon. I don't know how it did. We should for I our think next watch. It. For our next watch, we should look up like how it actually performed at theaters and stuff. But, yeah. but I still think I know that when I. Whenever it was that I first saw it, and I think it was later. I don't. If I did see it before I left, I don't remember what I thought of it. I know that whenever I saw it, I thought it was just like a goofy comedy. I, mm-hmm. I was the same. I didn't. I wasn't thinking deeply about it at all because it seemed like. I mean, and that's the thing, and that's probably why you were like, "This is not going to be good," because it was billed as it was advertised just as a goofy. Yeah, Bill yeah. Murray being fucking hilarious with a groundhog, and it is that, but it's uh, it's there's so much more yeah. than that, and I I do wish every time I watch this movie, I wish they would have taken it a little darker. Mm-hmm. That's why I kind of wish that 
the romantic part of it wasn't such a big thing, but I mean, it is dark. It's a yeah. it's a very dark it's comedy. But dark. but but what's funny about it is that you can you can watch it and not necessarily see it that way because there's so much goofiness and yeah. slapstick and right a, in the darkness. I mean, even when it's just ridiculous characters. Yeah, well, and he's so he's just so fucking funny no matter what he does. <laughs> like the to- the one where he stands in front of the truck and just gets hit by a yeah. truck. It's like the the expression on his face and he's just like waving at the truck. Yeah. It's very it's very silly uh if you're not thinking about like dude, this man is trapped in hell. He's trapped in yeah. no exit. Like he it's um it's pretty chilling, actually. One thing I said on our first viewing this morning when I was making pancakes, mm-hmm. um, I just had a thought. This is a spoiler for The Good Place in case anybody hasn't seen the finale of The Good Place that just came Mute out the recently. next few seconds if you haven't. But um, I... And if you haven't watched that show, what are you doing? Yeah. It's so good. Go pause this right now and go watch The Good Place from episode one, season one, all, all the, the way, way through, through, and then come back. And then cry, and, to this. and then start it again. Um, but I thought that this maybe is a scenario that Tahani created to make mm-hmm. Bill Murray a better person. Like, this is his afterlife. We're going to watch it again, starting right now, I guess. Then put your little hand in mine. There ain't no hill or mountain we can't climb. Okay, campers, rise and shine. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, don't forget your booties because it's cold out there. It's cold out there every day. What is this, Miami Not Beach? Not by a long shot. Okay. And then some other things we still uh, didn't memorize. We watched were... it a third time. Dude, 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 dude. <laughs> no, dude. Yes? Dude, 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 dude. Yes. Listen to me. I'm sorry. Hold on. Let me just enjoy my sweet vermouth on the rocks with a twist. <laughs> Micah is absolutely not drinking that. <laughs> no one is drinking that. To world peace. Yes. One of the many scenes of the two of them that irritates me, but it's kind of funny <laughs> the anyway. The two of them? Bill Andy Murray McDowell. and Andy McDowell. And Bill Murray? Uh, gosh, of, you're an upbeat lady. Let's talk about, yeah, that's a weird delivery. You know why it's weird? Because he suddenly turns into Bob Wiley. From what about Bob? From what about Bob? Okay. It is completely Bob Wiley. Yeah. Like, yeah, it doesn't fit with his with Phil Connors at all. It's almost like an intentional. I don't know. Shout out to people who love that movie or something. It's weird. There are a few times I when still love it. He because, does that. Well, anytime he does say "gosh" or "golly," yeah, "gee." Anytime he does that, it's when he's like completely full of shit and trying to manipulate her except at the end when he says gosh you're an upbeat yeah that's the time when it really sticks out i know it's weird i don't yeah because i think he's sincere when he says that anyway yeah it doesn't matter let's talk about some other characters we're gonna talk about the other characters this time i want to start with felix because i mentioned before that i wasn't sure if it was the same felix but i think it is Cool. Um, which might be even more problematic for the script because his back is out, but his job is to like carry bags of heavy bags of money around, and he well, like that's why he has back problems. Quarters on the ground and bends over to pick them up. I don't know. Anyway, I think that is forty-two times more than we needed to say about <laughs> Felix, okay. the character. Let's talk about one of my favorite characters. 
Um, Steven Tobolowski is mm-hmm. a highlight yeah, of this so. film. Am I right or am I right or am I right? Right, right, right. I love him so much. I mean, he's so annoying, but I, I love him. I would say low light. So but... much. Ned Ryerson. Needle nose Ned. Ned the head. Come on, buddy. Case Western High. <laughs> okay, I love. I'm glad you put that in there because, first of all. When he says Ned Ryerson, yeah, he takes, takes his, his hat, hat off, off as, as if he would recognize him. Like, was he bald in high school? Yeah. <laughs> it's really funny. But then that part, okay, this time watching the movie, I was a couple things going on with me. One, we're watching something over and over about something happening over and over mm-hmm. is like a trip, you know, because I I don't remember where we are in the movie now at this (laughs) point. Like what has already happened and what is coming. I just, it's like, it's kind of weird. It's like messing with the whole space time continuum. We were halfway through the movie this time. And I was like, didn't we just watch that scene? Yeah. And I was like, well, yeah, we did. No, but I mean, it just happened. No, but it's like time isn't a thing you know what i mean it's like time doesn't exist it's like all of these things that happen Mm. on this day in these thousands of years happen at the same time because time is you know what i'm saying it's interesting you should say that the scene where he is sitting in the diner eating all the food like he orders everything (laughs) they have and he's just stuffing it in his face and andy mcdowell is saying like don't you worry about heart disease or cholesterol or love handles so on the wall that's right next to him in mm-hmm. the restaurant, yeah, there are like nine clocks on the wall. You can see two of them a lot, but there are a whole bunch more up above. Just mm-hmm. a whole bunch of clocks and none of them are working. Yeah, they all, they all say different, different times. times. See, there's something deeper going on here. And it is the space-time continuum. Mm-hmm. But anyway... Um, There's just so much going on in this goddamn movie. It's crazy (laughs) how much is going on in this movie. It's too, it's too much. I can't, I now cannot understand. Like if you've only seen this once, you have not seen it. It's a different movie, I think. If you've only seen it once. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, everyone should definitely watch it four or five times a day. I'm not saying in a row, (laughs) but I'm saying you cannot pick up on all the things that are going on. Um, Case in point. Okay. Uh, Ned Ryerson, when he introduces himself, oh, he goes through that whole thing. Needle nose mm-hmm. Ned, blah, blah, blah. And then he, he lists all these things. He did the whistling belly button contest at the high school talent show. High school talent mm-hmm. show. He got the shingles real bad, almost <laughs> yeah. didn't graduate. Yeah. Um, Needle nose Ned, he said, Ned the head also. Mm-hmm. Is that another one? He says, I dated your sister, Mary Pat, for a while until a you times. told. He Until you told times. me not to. Yeah. He just throws all of that information in, in like a five second tiny thing. And, and it's only once that he says it, that first time he introduces himself. Phil has no recollection of any of it. No, but it's just, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> it's wild how much this, yeah, how much is going on with this character. Am I right or am I right or am I right? Oh, he's so obnoxious, he's and obnoxious. I love him so yeah. much. He's the worst. Yeah. <laughs> Watch out for that first step. It's a doozy. 
Oh, God. I mean, it is the best when he punches him. And that's on the fourth day before <laughs> he's lived thousands of years. He just punches him when he sees him. It's pretty funny. So, yeah, he's played by Stephen Tobolowsky. Um great character actor mm-hmm. he's who in had a podcast about this movie or has a he had a podcast or it was a radio show he did like that was on was it carried by public radio stations or i don't know where i first heard it but it was called the tobolowski files and he did an episode or maybe a couple episodes about this film and the experience of mm-hmm. filming it and creating it um it's really interesting. You should go listen to that too because he talks a lot about he talks behind the scenes stuff. Probably smarter about it yeah. than we do. Well, he knows more about it. Um, yeah. No, but also just like the philosophy and the yeah, me, you know what is really going on in this movie. Like he, he covers gets a couple really deep into it things like the process of making the film. They filmed in Illinois, a town called Woodstock, Illinois, and I think he says in that that they they did that intentionally, not in pittsburgh because the time of year that they were filming the weather is really punxatani yeah punxatani yeah um the weather's really unpredictable so they picked this place in illinois that they were hoping it would be more consistent because they had to film the same day over and over over and over and over and they shot obviously they shot the same scene where they have like ned doing his spiel they probably shot that all of that at all at once they probably had to pick up a couple maybe later to add more or figure out what they needed um but he talks about how the weather did not cooperate. It was super sunny. Some days it was really windy. Some days it was really rainy. It was They had to like do their mm-hmm. best to make it. And they just stayed in that town for a while for days sometimes because the weather wasn't cooperating. So it was like they were having their own Groundhog Day. Yeah. Like they couldn't get out of this town. And I can't imagine because in a film, on a film set, you do the same scene for multiple takes. Mm-hmm. I mean, some some actors and directors will just do hundreds of uh, takes Micah, of the same I, scene i know that i've been in a movie yes of course um so. <laughs> but i can't imagine for this one doing the same scene and doing multiple takes with slight variations mm-hmm. because bill murray reacts differently right 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 having to do multiple scenes of the same scene multiple times yeah. over and over and over it must have been just like being in groundhog day yeah for the actors. But yes, he also touches on the philosophy of it and the existential crisis and the theories about how many hundreds of years he was stuck in this time loop. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, it's so good. It's it's a really great little podcast. I think you can still find it online. So go check out the Tobolowski Files. Sorry, I was looking, I'm looking through my notes because when you said existential, it made me, it, it reminded me that I, I know I wrote down somewhere. I was taking handwritten notes, very that's weird, very uh, old school. But I wrote something about existentials. Okay, but anyway, boomer. I mean, the whole thing is all what? Hmm? Do you call me Homer? No, <laughs> it's a thing. Oh, oh, you said boomer. Say, yeah. Okay, boomer. Yeah. Oh, totally. This is the way my mom would take notes. <laughs> also, you should see my notes. This is just like a side thing about me this is a little um, segment we do all the time on i never saw that t- let's talk about jen's notes let's talk actually about jen's that's true notes. it is it does come up a lot in one of my favorite episodes of ours hackers <laughs> it's one of our early episodes <laughs> i talk a lot about my notes and how worthless they are and i'm looking at my notes here look at how like they're so disorganized you can't find is that a grease stain on them too it's a grease stain from pizza yeah. Um, okay, I have a tally 
of seven here, which I think was from when she slapped him. Then I have sex and violence in the movies because mm. they mentioned that at the very. Oh, that's yeah. another character. Are you done talking about Stephen Tobolowsky? Sure, yeah. Uh, Nan at the beginning is his. She's like the news anchor. Right, and she's giving him shit about going to the Groundhog Day. Apparently, it's like he hates it. He hates going to the Groundhog Festival because yeah. it's like going out to the sticks, and it's like he's not a real yeah journalist. What is or she? Weather people what does journalists? he call her? He calls her man. He calls her hairdo. Hairdo. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, for your information, hairdo. <laughs> a major network is interested in me. Anyway, um, other characters. First of all. Well, let's talk about the main, the other main two. Your favorite actress, actor, Andy McDowell. (sighs) Look, I'm not here to talk shit about women. Just this one. Or anyone. Um, So, let's... I think we've talked about Andy McDowell on the podcast before, I think before, she's come up before. Why, yeah. I think it. I think it was because we talked. We did that movie Bogus mm-hmm. with Gerard, with Gerard Depardieu. Depardieu, and you can't mm-hmm. talk about him without talking about Green Card, and you mm-hmm. can't talk about Green Card without talking about her. I just am not a big fan. I've I've never. My real problem with her in this movie is just the whole, the whole plot with her. I hate it. Uh, and that has nothing to do with Andy McDowell. Right. She's not given a whole lot to work with in some ways. She's just this kind person. She, who, they made her a very bland. Yeah. She's just there very, to make Phil a better person. She's yeah, a that's plot it. device. And that's yeah. it. And something this time I noticed was that at the end, when he's giving the romantic speech, they're lying in bed. And I hate that speech, <laughs> too. But he's like, you're the kindest person I know. Oh, and she's asleep. I've, I've yeah. never seen anyone treat people more nicely than you do. And I was like, we literally never see her interact with another person in this movie. Other than Larry and... Like, she's not particularly kind to anybody in this movie. You don't She's mean don't to Stephen Tobolowsky once. I just thought that was weird that they're they're trying to make her more of a character than she is. Yeah. I mean, and- she, she likes the the small town people she does say nice things about the town and the and she's she's portrayed like the first time you see her is in the newsroom after the newscast is over she's standing in front of the blue screen where they do the weather but she's wearing a blue jacket so all you see is her head and her hair and her hands and she's like just playing around like a kid would she's supposed to be this like delightful childlike yeah. creature who makes I can, I see some her. of that, that for sure. Like, yeah. in fact, she's way too excited about this groundhog. Like, yeah. <laughs> she's just she's like, this is a riot, and it's it is. I mean, I I see, I get it. Like, she does have a certain childlike wonder, and she's like, people like it. It's a nice tradition. Mm-hmm. He comes out, he sees his shadow. He doesn't see a shadow, but again, it's like it's all so bland. Mm-hmm. It's not. I don't find anything meaningful or poignant about her character at all. Well, they do try to make her interesting because they give her, like, backstory and stuff. A little bit. Of course, it's about a million miles from where I started out in college. You weren't uh, in broadcasting or journalism? Mm Mm-mm. Believe it or not, I studied 19th century French poetry. (laughs) What a waste of time. (laughs) I mean, for someone else, that would be an incredible waste of time. So bold of you to choose that. 
That's incredible. You must be a very, very strong person. <laughs> oh, my God. That is one of my favorite scenes. It is great. Uh, the way Bill he, Murray's face. Oh, my God. The way he pivots, though. Yeah. It's so beautiful. His but it's lap- not believable at all. <laughs> what a waste of time. I love it. I mean, for someone else, that'd be an incredible waste of time. Incredible waste of time. Oh, God. Uh, I love it so much. But, yeah, and she's all hurt by that, you know. And then... There's the part where they're ordering drinks. And first of all, I don't know why he has to order the same drink as her. And secondly, yeah. I don't know why. Like, he's like, what should we drink to? And the first time he says the groundhog. Yeah. And she's all disappointed. Like, she started to like him. He <laughs> right. seemed, But he said the groundhog instead of world. She's like, I always like to drink to world peace. Yeah. And she, like, turns away from him. It's so weird. So, it's of course, little... then he comes back. He says a prayer to yeah. world peace. and. Amen and all that. And it's very funny. But again, they make her like kind of weirdly petty about these things that are supposed to be. Yeah, but she's not the focus that you're supposed to be focusing on. It's all about his journey. So I know. Yes. Um, Anyway, I don't I don't love her character. I you're right, though, that they did try to make her at least she's more than just a, you know, I mean, all she is is a love interest, but she's. She has some kind of whatever. Anyway, moving on. Do you ever have deja vu? Didn't you just ask me that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Speaking of deja vu. Oh, no. Let's talk about Larry. Okay. And Chris Elliott. Yes, Chris Elliott. I love Chris Elliott. He's always good. I feel like Chris Elliott is a is one of those like severely underrated yeah. comedians. He's so funny. Um, and I'm so glad he's having kind of like a comeback or whatever with, um, Schitt's Creek because yeah. he's, he is so funny in that. He had a show called Get a Life. Yeah. I remember that. Um, I don't know if, if it's available streaming anywhere. <laughs> I don't know if it, how long, um, I don't know how long it lasted. I think the best thing that came out of it was, um, Handsome Boy Modeling School, which is an album by Prince Paul. That came from and, that show. Yeah. Um, oh, funny automator um the two of them put together an album where they sampled that episode one episode he goes to handsome boy modeling school to become a model and i only bring that up because there's a scene in this film where um there's a bachelor auction which is a weird fucked up thing that they have but anyway weird suddenly um, yeah bill murray gets up there as the first person and of course andy mcdowell bids hundreds of dollars on him and then $339.88 yeah and then Chris Elliott comes up and does this weird he stands there in his sweater and his little sloping <laughs> shoulders and does this slow turn with his arms straight out and the band plays this oh, music the poor guy it's really oh, funny the poor guy yeah uh no but Larry's great he's he's a he's, he's a, a smart small, ass he's a very small part of the movie but yeah he's, he's a smart not ass. great though he's horrible he's so gross no no i meant yeah. yeah chris elliott is great like he tips the bartender to to impress nancy another character but then takes the tip back when she turns her back i mean like he's a douche um but anyway chris elliott's very funny um brian doyle murray is also in this film yes he plays bill murray's buster brother yes bill murray's brother and i love seeing him in movies with bill murray he's just so different his voice is so different no that wasn't very good spot on perfect (laughs) you know what you need to do do your regular thing when you do impersonations do it again okay wait what's his name again brian doyle (laughs) okay 
Okay, hold on. Let me just get in, in uh, you know, the mindset. Okay. Okay. Hello, I'm Brian Doyle Murray. Oh, God. No, that okay. was very... That was... Hello, I'm Brian. <clears throat> Hello, I'm Brian. Hello. Nope. I can't get Nailed it. it. Can't find it. But he has like a real loud, scratchy kind of voice. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, anywho. Yes, he plays Buster, um, who is the main Puxatani a... Phil guy. He who, announces like, the... Yeah. The groundhog, groundhog talks to him. He wears the top groundhog hat. Groundhog literally does talk to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, not literally, but they hold him up to his ear. The whole thing. Okay. <laughs> okay. Who do you want to talk about next? Doris? Doris is great. Um, she's the diner waitress. Mm-hmm. Uh, very much a, you know, typical diner waitress. I think her her best moment is when... Uh, it's the scene where he's telling Andy McDowell that he's a god. Mm-hmm. And she pipes in with he's, the he's specials like, today. <laughs> he's like, I am an immortal. And she's like, blueberry pancakes are special <laughs> today. And it's it's very funny. She's funny. Yeah, she's, she's good. good. And she also she gets Bill Murray to participate in the Bachelor auction. Um, mm-hmm. Miss Lancaster is the, oh, we god. talked a little bit the about her. She owns the bed and breakfast. The bed and breakfast. Oh my god. She's... So funny. He's such an asshole to her in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, like, and actually, that brings up something that I was thinking about that they do in this movie, which is that they're doing this thing, and they they do explicitly talk about um, like small town folks versus city people. You know, he says at one point, "I just think small town people are more real" or whatever, mm-hmm. and she's like, he's "Me trying too." To impress Andy yeah, yeah, yeah. He doesn't really feel that way but but the thing is that all these small town people he gets to know all of them of course and like they're all good people and whatever but they are painted as real dum-dums yeah they're simple they are real dummies i mean he it's a very funny line he asks do you ever have deja vu mrs lancaster i don't think so but i could check with the kitchen it's very funny but it's like come on she's never heard of deja vu Come on. Yeah. You know, uh, and the guy, the two dudes that he ends up, he ends up going out driving with them and getting drunk and hanging out and like they're cool guys, but they're so dumb. Mm -hmm. Although I will say like one of the saddest moments in the whole movie to me is when Phil is like, what would you do if every day was exactly the same and nothing you did mattered? And Ralph just goes... That pretty much sums it up for me. Yep. It's so sad <laughs> yeah. and so dark and and really is like, holy shit, like how many how many people are actually living a, a version of Groundhog right. Day, right? That's kind of what I'm trying to get at when I say if you've only seen this once, you're not gonna pick up on those those layers and mm-hmm. and those like really dark like um sad things uh Uh, another sad thing another character we could talk about is the nurse yeah i so we talked about this before um about how the old man dies and he keeps dying but there's i just the scene where he dies in the hospital i was really struck by the nurse and her delivery of this one line which was sometimes people just die and it's like this super poignant yeah moment it's really really 
And he says, not today. It's pretty powerful. But of course he can't save the old man. Um, Well, and there's this irony too in him trying to keep this man alive when he himself is literally unable to die. Like it's a weird. That's another point I wanted to talk about. Um, So the old man dies and there's a scene where he like, Bill Murray's trying to save him. He gives him mouth to mouth. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you see like, him exhale and it's just cold so you see his breath come but out but it's like, like a his little dying twinkling breath. sound yeah and it's i was like did something magic just happen moment weird. where everything changes for bill murray kind of he realizes he yeah. can't save him um but there is also a moment where you see bill murray dead in the morgue yeah there and is andy mcdowell and um chris elliott are standing there talking about him and Chris Elliott says, he's a really great guy. I really, really liked him liked a him lot. lot. <laughs> it's really funny. <laughs> um, but it's it's interesting because the day doesn't end. It keeps going. It's not dependent on him dying. Well, as far, yeah, I mean, they're still alive and he's dead. So Right. But they're not living the day over and over and over. Otherwise, no. when he tells someone that he is, they also have that same reaction. But it doesn't end when he dies it ends at 6 a.m i guess it resets i mean yeah he killed he says he killed him he's killed himself so many times it's so weird so either um the day finishes at 6 a.m each time and it's not contingent on him or there are like multiple realities Mm. where things are going on i don't know i just thought it was interesting that's the only time you see him dead the mm-hmm. rest of the times it just starts over with, I got you, babe. Yeah, but you do see him die yeah. a few times. I mean, yeah. It's very strange. Um, can I just, I know we're not talking about like the romance part and how much I hate it, <laughs> but I hated it even Covered more that. this time. Yeah. And I was like angrily scribbling at the end and I wrote worst ending in very large capital letters um, because suddenly he loves her and she's fine with it. Even mm-hmm. though on that one day, on the last day, there's no way they had any time to spend together mm-hmm. because I made a little list of all the things that he had to have done that day and it's impossible for them to have had any time together. So it's really irritating. I think we've already talked about this. Do you ever have deja vu? That's really funny. Can you funny. just ask me that? <laughs> you're, a very, you're a funny man. Hmm. Um, but no, I all I want to say besides all that, mm-hmm. is that the ice sculpture part yes. where he sculpts her face yeah. out of ice, it is, it should be hilarious. Like, that is so ludicrous. <laughs> I mean, on every level, for every reason, like, mean? it's People so stupid. There are ice sculptors out there. <laughs> Micah, <laughs> it's such a weird, it's such a weird hilarious thing for him to do i used to do that was my move on first dates that was i would sculpt their face in ice oh my god i bet it looked so bad yeah it was real bad i didn't it was <laughs> like just, just like i grew up in like oregon so it's holes. not real cold there yeah. really so it was just an ice cube and i would just like kind of stab it and uh-huh. kind of try to carve out holes it usually How broke did it go it never usually. worked okay well i mean it worked in that it was all in my mind. I wasn't going on dates. There weren't oh. women there. Oh, geez. Or girls there when I was younger. It was just. We're getting into Micah's story now on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. It seems that that's the one we should have been telling all along. Uh, there are two more characters I want to talk about. Okay. Because I, I, I just, I'm not done with that. I just 
want to okay. say they play this like romantic music over it mm-hmm. and you're supposed to be all moved and she's like it's beautiful yeah she's and he's moved. like i i know your face so well i could do it with my eyes closed and honestly i just it's so funny and it makes me so angry that it's not yeah. funny he made her sit out there for probably hours while he did that right i mean how long does that take cold. she takes she says that a few times and then he shows it to her and she instantly falls in love with him. Yeah. Because that's when he gives the speech about how no matter what happens, no matter what happens tomorrow or when I wake up, I know that I'm happy right now and I love you. And she says, I'm happy too. I think I'm happy too. And then they kiss. Oh my God. And then it starts snowing. Yes. But can we just real quickly talk about the second time that he's trying to recreate the perfect day oh, they God. had in the snow? It's so good. <laughs> He's just like wildly yelling he things about snowman. adopting children. And yeah, he tries to recreate their conversation, but she doesn't take part in it at all. He's just he... out of nowhere saying, answering questions that she asked before. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but he's saying it in like this really aggressive, strange way. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's so funny. And then oh. he, yeah. Okay. Who are the other two, real two quick? Two more characters, Fred and Debbie. Um, oh, yeah. Fred and Debbie are, Fred is played by Michael Shannon, who I brought up before, and you asked, what has he been in? Um, I had to look it up because we, all we do is watch movies from 94 to 96, so mm-hmm. we've missed out on a couple. But I knew I had seen him in the Superman movies, the new DC oh. movies. He plays General Zod. Um, he's in Knives Out, oh, which yeah. is on my list of things I want to see uh-huh. in a couple years when we're done with this podcast. <laughs> um, he was in The Shape of Water. He was in the new Fahrenheit 451 with uh, Michael B. Jordan. Oh. Hmm. Um, he was in Boardwalk Empire for a long time. Never seen it. Yeah. So uh, Michael Shannon. And then Debbie plays his, well, Debbie is the character that is his young bride. They get married that day. And you wanted to talk about. Oh, <laughs> just quickly, because at the beginning, the first time you see them. In the diner. He's like. These two are supposed to be getting married, but Debbie's having cold feet. And he's like, what? And then yeah. they just walk away and leave it. But then at the end, they come up and they they have just gotten married. And the guy is like, thank you so much for, wait, I thank you so much for making Debbie go through with it. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, oh, all I did was fan her passion for you. I'm like, whoa, 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 problematic. That's a marriage that's going to end well. Yeah, like, (laughs) what are you doing trying to convince someone to get married who doesn't want to get married? But they're painting it like he's this hero because, you know, getting married is always the right thing to do. Yeah, yeah, especially if you're high school sweethearts, which they obviously are. They're very young. No, I just, yeah, that was a, a thing I had never really noticed before all right we have to wrap this up because we're gonna watch it one more time tonight and okay we'll we'll be back very shortly um one thing i wanted to mention is there's a scene at the very beginning and i want you to watch this very closely this Uh time oh the tv it's in the newsroom so phil is talking to the other weatherman who's going to do the 10 o'clock so that phil can leave and drive to punxsutawney Mm -hmm. um and as that conversation ends the weatherman walks by a monitor in the newsroom a tv monitor and he walks by it the camera stays on the monitor and then you start to see these over like bird's eye view shots of pittsburgh and this music starts swelling but it's on the monitor so you see pittsburgh from overhead on the monitor and then it switches to full screen 
Well, it's kind of slowly pans over to the monitor as if you're watching the monitor. Yeah. So they just sort of... And it comes on the monitor kind of and then it like together. transitions all of a sudden to full screen uh-huh. and it's this music and it's like, yeah. it's not the credit sequence, but it's a montage of them driving it's to the beginning. Punxsutawney. Mm-hmm. And it's very strange. It's like an in-universe montage of the film on a TV monitor. Well, I just thought they were trying to just sort of... Like it was just a cool trick to it's kind transition. Of a cool trick, but what does it mean for this movie? I mean, yeah, I don't know. It's very strange. Okay, these are the big questions. Um, and when we come back, we will continue to not have any answers. That's true. That's probably true. No, everybody, calm down. No hackers. No hackers. No hackers today. Just, just, um, just guests with. The normal hosts not here. Uh, they are being kidnapped right now. Sorry. I mean, they are um, taking a break. Yeah. Yeah. That. Let's go with that. Um, so. Hi. Hi, we everybody. We are Sadie and Elliot, and we are so, going to start today's episode. We just spent seven hours of February 2nd, 2020, watching Groundhog Day. And, uh, we watched it, like, 15 times, and it was quite boring, <laughs> and... It got annoying at It one was point. hard to watch, like, a repetitive movie, like, over and over and <laughs> over. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Still funny, though. You guys, this was... This mess that we put together um was all the normal hosts doing who are being kidnapped or taking a break right now um they watched seven hours of groundhog day because we put a tv in their jail cell uh break room um (laughs) (laughs) and they made us watch with them while they were in their break room. Break, break oh, room. break room. Yes. Okay, hey, what are you guys doing with our recording equipment? We are, um... Uh... uh um, hello. <laughs> if you like the show, my name was Elliot. If you didn't, my name was Joe. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you like the show, my name is Sadie. And if you really didn't like the show, then my name is Valencia. All right. <laughs> Joe and Valencia. Thank you. Good night. Good night. Say good night. Thank you, good everybody. everybody. Thank you. Okay, campers. Rise and shine. Don't forget your booties, because it's cold out there. It's always cold out there. We did it. We, we watched it. Groundhog Day four times today. <laughs> 408 <laughs> minutes of Groundhog Day. That's six hours and 40-some <laughs> minutes, almost seven hours of Groundhog Day. We are so stupid. This is... This was a bad idea. This was one of the stupider things we've done. <laughs> for Not for this podcast, but like in oh. life. Um, okay. So before we get started, 
we have a couple things to clean up and a few other things to talk about. But I do want to mention that Jen was right. Um, Bill Murray gives the old man money before he sees him die. Uh huh. So Jen was right about that. It makes more sense that way. It makes more sense that Jen was right. You know. Yeah, well, that's true. In most. Mm-hmm. Um, and moving on, let's clean up some loose ends, shall we? Oh, did we have loose? How we could did. we possibly have loose ends? <laughs> I know. Watched this movie. Right? We had talked. We had watched it's it three times. Almost like we're a disorganized mess, oh, and we didn't have a plan going into this. Ow. No, it's almost like that. What? Um, we have a couple of my favorite lines to talk about. We also have a few more characters that we didn't mention. Okay. Um, Nancy is one. Nancy is big. Yeah. Some real problematic shit going on there. Well, it what it brings up is Phil, in the beginning, for quite a while, Phil's sole motivation is to get laid. That's pretty much it. So he manipulates this woman, Nancy, mm-hmm. for that purpose. Into and then thinking he's doing they went the, to high school together. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But he's doing the same thing to Andy McDowell. He does yeah. the same thing to probably countless other women. Right. Um, the other character I wanted to talk about was the psychiatrist. Mm-hmm. Um, he goes to see a doctor played by Harold Ramis. Harold Ramis, yeah. Uh, who tells it? Who tells him he doesn't see any? You know, he does X-rays and stuff, and he doesn't see any like aneurysms or anything, or mm-hmm. spots, or clots, or dots, or. Um, but <laughs> he should really go see a psychiatrist or a therapist, and so he goes to see this person played by the actor David. Pasquezzi? I don't know how to say his last name, but he plays the um, Selena's ex-husband on Veep. Yeah. Andrew. Andrew. Um, yes. Total sleaze so I recognized ball. him. Yeah. Right away. Uh, and he's really good. It's like he's a, it's his first day or something. He has a really good line where he says, <laughs> I, I usually, um, that's a really interesting problem, but I usually talk to uh, couples and I have an alcoholic now. He says it with such glee. It's yeah. Funny. But he also looks like he's like backing into the bookshelves all yeah. the time. Like he's, he's really uncomfortable. Very funny. So um, everything is meaningless. <laughs> and cognito ergo sum. Oh, yes. Latin, no. Um, everything is meaningful. Okay. I don't know that that means what you think it means. It doesn't mean, I don't know what it means. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Good. I was using it in a sort of, in a... Um, Here's some Latin way. <laughs> Ricky Gervais way oh, from the office. Okay. I get it. As David Brent. Mm-hmm. What does cognito ergo sum mean? Uh, it's, I think, therefore I am, kind of, <laughs> basically. Oh, well, it fits... So what I said was, everything is meaningless. I think therefore I am. Mm-hmm. Everything is meaningful. Yeah, it fits. All, what I'm saying is, if everything is meaningless, is everything meaningful? Do you no, know what I mean? It's I like don't. a it's like a no. it's like a cycle uh, okay. of meaning. She's lost it, folks. Um, what's so What's so great about this is that. When you do this stupid thing that we did, that we just did, mm-hmm. you end up feeling a lot like Bill Murray in the movie, which is the whole point. That is the point. That's the point of why we did this. Um, you feel like Bill Murray in that you're 
just confused by everything <laughs> and questioning um everything and i and and like what happened was exactly what we wanted and thought would happen mm. and i found myself being blown away by what we were doing and the fact that it was happening you know and then i started looking for meaning like in every little line like there's a mm-hmm. part at the beginning where larry's like What's wrong with the groundhog story? I when I was in San Diego, I did the San Juan, the birds of Capistrano <laughs> yeah. every year for six, six years, years. Mm-hmm. and I was like, "What does that mean? What does that mean?" Because that line, yeah, it means he worked at a different yeah, TV station. I know, but it's weird. And covered another dumb event, but there's no there's no reference to it at any other time in the movie, and there's no, I mean, there's no. Um, backstory on larry at all so it's just kind of weird to me that it exists at all i think this is another instance of you just looking really really too hard at a little throwaway line it might be but there might be listeners out there going yes girl Mm. yes there might be you know yeah maybe all of you should go talk to someone should we talk about the fact that in this movie um, one thing that happens is that he sees the movie Heidi 2 over a oh, yes. hundred times. Yes. Heidi 2, a family classic. <laughs> yeah. It's one of his favorite films. Yeah. Um, I mean, this is pitiful. A thousand people standing around freezing their butts off waiting to worship a rat. Not like they used to mean something in this town. They used to pull the hog out and they used to eat it. You're hypocrites. All of you. So good. Yeah, he's angry at that point. Um, at one point when he's really dejected, he tells uh, the other two drunks in the bowling alley with him a little story about a good day he had. I was in the Virgin <laughs> Islands once. I met a girl. We ate lobster, drank pina coladas. At sunset, we made love like sea otters. That was a pretty good day. Why couldn't I get that day over and over? Now, we can't get into this in any sort of explicit detail because our children are in here with us and (laughs) awake. But um, how exactly do sea otters make love is what I was wondering. Like, well, what did yeah. he mean? I don't know what he meant. I don't think sea otters do make love. I think it's just reproduction, you know? Oh, just, okay. But um, I also was confused. Like, did he mean in the water? Right, because or... they were on the ocean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, but even then... Um, Maybe we should look into odd. it. Maybe sea otters are known for some special move or something that... I don't know. Yeah, maybe you could learn something. Yeah, just Google that and get back to us. You can at me with your sea otter reproductive <laughs> Would habits. You please, great. I cannot wait to see the gifts that James Wilcox <laughs> finds. That'd be great. By the way, there's a podcast um, called Any Album You Like, where our friend Ben um, watched the same movie over and over and over mm. and over again. Uh, yeah, we definitely the Wizard that of here. Oz, and. Yeah. Um, it's very good. We we were on it once. Guessed it on it with an album, but the other anyway, all of the fun. other episodes are very good. He didn't do it all in one day. No, <laughs> but he. Uh, but anyway, just I was just thinking of that, so I thought we should maybe plug that real quick. Yes, any album you like, mm-hmm. go uh, look for that in your favorite. 
podcast. I'll tell app. you what I got tired of. Yeah. The Pennsylvania polka. Oh, the Pennsylvania polka. Pennsylvania <laughs> polka. Wow, you're like a whole polka band. It's like you and Roselle and other beatboxers. You know, that's yeah, the list. Doing polka. But you do polka. Polka, polka, I polka. Like Wait, say it again. The Pennsylvania say polka? Say no, say the word. The P word. Polka. Polka. Polka? Polka. Polka. There's like a little bit of an L in yeah. there. But it's like a swallowed L. Polka. Right. Not swallowed. That's so not the right word. that is Pennsylvania polka by uh, Frankie Yankovic. And this is the second time <gasps> on this podcast that we've that's talked so about Frankie weird. Yankovic. That's so weird. Not in this episode, but if you go back and listen to our Weird Al episode, we talk about Frankie, Frankie comes Kovic, up, which yep. makes sense if you think about what Weird Al's last name is. Uh, so obviously we've run out of things to say <laughs> about honestly this movie. No, you know what's really weird is that I have millions of other things to I say. I know you do. Drop some more Latin on us. No, then. no, <laughs> no. I mean, for real, this movie, I just sort of relaxed into this state of like i'm not gonna try to say anything anymore <laughs> because what Which even just, is anything anymore? that's where you want to be you know when you're podcasting is where i want to be mm-hmm. so well it's where i i really soar in podcasting because when i try to say something it's a real oh, that's fucking not, disaster that's not true don't um, be so hard on yourself. Um, you're kind of like the bartender right now. He doesn't oh say my much. God, the bartender. There's a bartender in this movie, and I am convinced that there's something going on with the bartender. Like he, he knows. knows something. They only show him. He speaks once very briefly, yeah. but mostly he, he looks at them and like He's shakes like his head, polishing glasses, and he looks over his shoulder as he men shakes are his talking head to women, at, and yeah, then shakes his head. I mean, and so, but it's, it's like weird. It's like, why show him at all if there wasn't some secret message about him? You know what I mean? No, Micah. but somebody out there <laughs> hey, might. <Micah. laughs> <laughs> you know, WrestleMania. Oh yes, that's what the uh, couple at the excited at, at the excited gets really end about. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> yes, Fred and Debbie. Uh, when they come up to thank Phil, he gives them WrestleMania tickets for a wedding gift. Oh, yeah. sorry. I was trying to read my notes. Jen was just staring quizzically at her notes. <laughs> I, thought I, I thought I wrote, what a waffle of time, but <laughs> spelled waffle wrong because it looks like it's only one F. So I was like, what is that? Wayful? But it says waste. Mm, that makes more sense. What a waste of time. Wayful of time. <laughs> So but, much more sense. So mm-hmm. much more sense. Um, <sighs> yeah. That about wraps it up. <laughs> what a wayful of time this was. As soon as we're done with this, I'm going to be so angry at myself <laughs> for something that I forgot to mention that I was dying to mention. Let's just drag it I, out some more I, then. So anyway, um, there's so many other things to say about this movie. There I, are so I many. actually think that we should do a yearly. We shouldn't watch it all day uh, every year. But we could watch it every year and do a thing. Or we could do a minute-by-minute show about this Mm -hmm. movie. Or, I mean... I'm sure all these podcasts are already out there. Yeah, so what? why not add our unique voice? Why not add our (laughs) uh, special mix of, um, you know, 
humor, thoughtfulness, absolute jackassery. Mm-hmm. Random osity, is that a word? Yeah, yeah. Um, bad notes, mm-hmm. bad note taking. That's um, what the people want, Jen. That's what the people want, and it, or the people want us to never talk about this again. Right. Oh, I was going to say one thing about Annie McDowell. Yes. Because, yeah, she does the smolder very well. The smolder? Yeah, you know, like the smolder look, like mm-hmm. the... Well, I believe she was a like a fashion model before she broke into acting. Yeah, well, that makes so, perfect, perfect sense. Mm. I think she was also a model after. Yeah. So, um, yeah, she does that well, and she has to do it a lot in this movie, where she just sort of, like, is staring at him like, you know, the smolder. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to live by their rules anymore. One of the best lines in the movie. Let's end on that. Because that's the freedom we all want. We're all looking for, but unfortunately, tomorrow when we wake up, it's going to be February 3rd. So get out there Maybe. and drive on the railroad tracks. Mm-hmm. You know, Don't play by their rules. Run from the cops. More. Do it. You know, steal a groundhog. Groundhog Day should be inspiring to all of us. I, I guess. Live your life as if... It's your last day, and you're just going to live it over and over and over and over and you know, over. When Chekhov saw the long winter, he saw a bleak and dark, bereft of hope. We know it's just another step in the circle of life, or something like that. And then, um, but that was a speech he gave about winter. <laughs> I thought we could maybe fade out. Oh, but we have to do it. Okay. Anyway, thanks, everybody. Thanks um, for listening. We appreciate it. It's been a long time. This is fun. We like doing this. This was a weird way to come back. Weird way. Weird. We promise we won't do it again for at least a year. Eh, I make no promises. But we might do something else in between, like a regular type of episode or something else weird. Or like something about our trip or, you Mm -hmm. know, RVing, which would make more sense. If you have any questions or any things you want us to cover... Uh, you can contact us on Twitter at Never Saw That Pod. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm at Micah Shelton. If you want to send me those, uh, the sea otter nature documentary. I also have an um, links. at Jen Freeman now. Yes. But anyway, um, yeah. Thank We're you. Also on Instagram at I Never Saw That. Rate and review us on iTunes if you want. Okay. Thank you to Graham McRae for our artwork. Thanks to Fifi Folios for our internet stuff. Thanks to Minus Violet for our music. Until next time. See you in the 90s.